Nurses and Hypochondriacs, the podcast that brings nurse experts, patients, and hypochondriacs together to discuss hot topics in healthcare. And here is your host, Ercilia Pompilio. In this episode, we continue our conversations with New York Times bestselling author, Charles Graber. He's going to tell us a little bit about his new book, The Breakthrough, Immunotherapy and the Race to Cure Cancer, and also his new movie that he worked on, The Disappearance of Madeline McCain, now on Netflix. Nurse Backpack is a free mobile app designed to help nurses and nursing students manage both their credentials and careers. The app is awesome and very easy to use. You take a photo of your credentials, licenses, immunizations, and other documents, and it's all stored on a secure cloud-based server. The app allows you to set up two different expiration date reminders so you can get a notification on your phone before anything ever expires. Nurse Backpack will even build a resume package for you. If you input your work history and specialties, then the app will package everything together into a professional PDF for you to send to anyone, allowing you to apply to your dream job with one click of a button. With Nurse Backpack, you never have to worry about losing another document, missing a shift due to expired licenses, or keeping track of all the paperwork. The app does it all for you. Click the link in the description at the end of this podcast to download the app for free today. I, I, I wanted to believe, you know, it doesn't work out well for whistleblowers. And the reason it doesn't is because it's usually just the one person. Yes, it's um, always and, just the one. It's true. And, then, and, and you can't do it as a one. You can't. No. I mean, like my attorney friend had told me, he said, listen, you cannot, you are one person. If you have other people, you know, with you saying that, that's great. I mean, look at what happened at USC. There was the... Um, the OBGYN doctor that was molesting people for 30 years at uh, students and people kept reporting him. They did nothing. He still believes he didn't do anything wrong, you know, yeah. in the papers and stuff. Uh, people are coming with these accusations, very graphic. And he's like, I didn't do anything wrong. They never got rid of him. I mean, this happened, this happened like, to me. In like, what's going on there? I, in <laughs> retrospect, I, I, I went in uh, to see a physician and it, as an adult. Okay, so mm-hmm. this is this is but this is how how vulnerable uh, I really. And your 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 father is a physician. My father's right. a physician. I'm an adult. I'm a grown ass man. I'm six foot five, healthy person. I'm I'm writing about serial murderers. I spend time with cops. I'm informed. I'm empowered. Uh, I'm all these things, and I still, in retrospect, realize that I got. Uh, uh, basically felt up and molested for a, in a, in a, a, a it wasn't a full checkup situation. It was a, it was totally unrelated to that, but I just did one of those. All right. Or, you know, all right, doc, uh, is that what we're doing today? Uh, sort yeah. of situation. And then like, back what was that thought, all about? The, yeah, this is, uh, yeah. It, it, and it's, it's funny. It, that's, if, if that's what's happening to me, I can only imagine people that have- Yeah, the general population. You know, and I'm very familiar with that. You know, I grew up in hospitals because I used to go on rounds with my dad and, or, you know, we'd, hey, you know, I didn't see him very much because he was working so much or was on call. You know, we'd, if we did try and go to the movies or something, half the time we'd, I'd end up in the nurse's station um, instead for the night, which is how I got to really know and appreciate it. Nurses <laughs> took care of me, you know, and I got to realize, who are these strange people that like wear pajamas all night and, and take care <laughs> yeah. of sick people and are really nice, but they, you know, kind of, you know, as, as I was getting older, they're kind of flirty. And then there's always like, like <laughs> do, do, donuts and, you know, and I just, what is this? All weird, kinds of junk food. All, all sorts of weird stuff, you know, sort of like, you know, 
you know, sex and chocolate all everywhere and, and <laughs> sex, chocolate and, and death. I was like, what the hell oh is my this? God. this is yeah. Really weird, you know? And it was just a really, I knew you could, it was, it was a power situation. It was in a hospital at night and that feeling. So I, and my grandfather was a physician. Um, and my great great grandfather was a physician. My, my, wow. His great grandfather was a surgeon in the Civil War. His grandfather, his father was a, a surgeon in the Revolutionary War. There was oh my a, God, that's uh, fascinating. You need to write about I, all that. Oh, I'm the black sheep. I'm definitely the failure. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> a New York Times bestselling author failure, sure. It's a sure. different, different time. You know, my, my, uh, but my father certainly has, has uh, said it. Um, and by the way, it was my mother's father that was the, you know, he was OBGYN. My, my father's uh, was, father was not a doctor at all. But so both sides of my family are very familiar with, with medicine. Uh, you know, my mother and father uh, were very familiar with medicine. And uh, my father, they really, as much as they encouraged entering the field in various ways, and I did go and, uh, you know, I, I had gotten into a medical school at one point in my writing career, um, thinking I should do both. So I, I have great empathy for you because I decided I couldn't possibly manage uh, both uh, well, uh, even though I took a few years really to get to that point. I mean, I, but, I had to take um, several breaks so uh, in between. So it, it's not a profession for the weak of heart. No, I can only imagine. You know, it's not but, just but, for anybody. Well, but they, but they told me that it's, it had changed a lot and that, it, you know, that the idea of being able to really take care of patients and having that time um, was really under, under, under threat. Yeah. Um, so, so and, and we're seeing that. So you're, and you're speaking to that. So I'm really proud of yeah. you for, and appreciate you thank speaking you. truth to power. And thank my you great, to you too. Well, my, um, that's my great hope for this book, by the way, as yeah. readers, uh, because you can't stand up alone, but if each one per, each person is a brick and honestly, if I think th justice has not been done in the case I'm speaking about, this is just one, but right. they put one guy away and said, that was it. And everyone else involved got a raise and a promotion. Right. It's very true that I, I read that, or I heard in one interview that you had said that, which was crazy. And that happens That's, all the time. Uh, and, and I've seen it happen and it's disgusting. So I think we can segue uh, to talk a little bit about your new book, which is oh, sure. very different. Um, <laughs> I had heard in an interview that you were going to write about uh, Charlie Manson. Interesting. Okay. Well, let me, let me, let me segue into that for a second. You just uh, like serial okay. killers named Charlie. Well, because <laughs> your name is Charlie. It's so. so I, so I, yeah, so there was that confusion. And by the way, I, I, uh, I was on a radio, national radio program at one point, uh, with, uh, uh, Fresh Air, and Terry Gross confused yeah. my name with the serial killer's name. No way. Uh, I kind of tried not to do that because my dyslexia. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just going to call him Charles. That's yeah. it and be simple. <laughs> no, I, she did it. She did it. My mother noticed. Um, Love Terry Gross. Yeah. Some questions, had some questions. Uh, for, for me afterwards, but uh, <laughs> right, and and I, I also know, you know, that, that so I had I, that was my first book. I, I usually write for for uh, magazines, so I write for the New Yorker, I write for National Geographic. I do a lot of more, you know, a lot of long form narrative nonfiction pieces mostly. Mm -hmm. And then I uh, that was my 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 first book. Now I'm really onto books and and uh, and documentaries and and I knew that my second book, whatever it was, people would say, oh, you're a guy that writes about that. And so, okay, two serial killers named Charlie. That, right, that would basically be, oh, here's the guy whose speciality is serial killers named Charlie. <laughs> serial killers with his, with his name. So that seems pretty narrow. Um, instead, I, I uh, uh, and I was working on that. So that was a project where uh, uh, an author I know had 
talk about going down the rabbit hole, had uncovered some fascinating things about, about see, I just did it, about Charlie Manson uh, that really, that, that if, uh, if to lay them out uh, will make me sound tinfoil hat ready. But uh, he documented it really, really well, but it made him sort of crazy. He, he became this, you know, string on the wall conspiracy guy and, yeah. and, and amassed all this, information over the course of 20 years and I and I decided I can't go down that hole again I spent a, a, a long time considering it and digging through the material and in fact I'm he finally worked with somebody else but I I didn't I decided that would be too much uh, and I'm glad I didn't didn't do that even though I think it's it was a worthy project instead what happened was uh I I was uh one of the stories I'd written so I'm a contributing editor for Wired magazine also and I'd for Wired, I'd uh, I, I also have this knack, I guess, for uh, living or getting access to people that don't want to talk to others. And uh, the, this internet pirate or supposed internet pirate is yet to be extradited, uh, named Kim Dotcom, was in New Zealand. Uh, it was the largest copyright violation case in U.S. history. Uh, his his sort of Richie Rich style home was raided mm-hmm. by. 52 SWAT agents and, and oh was, in, in New Zealand is, it, it was, you know, helicopters and battering rams. And, and he's a really flamboyant character, an enormous, he's got to be six, six, 500 pounds, German sort of in black pajamas with these, you know, all these Rolls Royces in front of his house with license plate that say Satan and things like that. Oh so my God. Thro- throwing, throwing gang signs and, and, you know, and uh, it's got, it's got like rap albums. And so, but he's, but he owned a storage locker named called mega upload where people were uh, basically, you know, downloading Batman for free, sort of, it was making millions and millions of dollars. Very famous thing. I lived under house arrest with him in New Zealand and, wow. uh, to, and told the story. Uh, and, uh, and that was sort of a, a big story. And uh, then I went back and forth to New Zealand a few times uh, for a documentary, uh, a potential documentary project. And on one of those returned trips they're really long flights <laughs> and then oh, you connect yeah. to san francisco isn't it like 20 hours or something yeah it, yeah and they're, they're long flights and there's an open bar and um and so i i and i ended up drinking with the guy next to me usually i would do everything i could to not talk to the person next to me because <laughs> it's 20 hours you know um but we started chatting and he said, why are you in, why are you in New Zealand? And I said, well, I was living with this guy. And he said, wait, you wrote that story? And he ended up being uh, a huge fan of my work. He knew all that. He knew that, wait, did you also. People on uh, planes are huge fans of your work. Just like. That's, this is what I'm discovering. <laughs> <laughs> I should be. Well, I should. And it's funny. They don't have my book in airports. I don't understand why. But. You, I, um, exact, I think it should be in an airport because people in planes lo- dig your stuff. So I don't know why that is. But we ended up talking. He ended up being a biology PhD. And I said, well, okay, you know my stuff. You, you know, breaking Kenwell run speed record. And there's a story about driving a tornado. And it's like weird stories. And it's technical stories. What's the most interesting thing you know about from your, you know, weird little world? And he talked about uh, something which I will now describe as uh, the, uh, the, 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 it's the reason you don't know what you usually need a test to know if you have cancer. So, you know, you, you know when you've got a cold, right? right? Or a flu, you've got symptoms. It's because your immune system is fighting it. But usually you, you don't even have a sniffle when you get cancer. Usually it's, you just find out one way or the other. Either right. it becomes right. obvious. Test. Right. Yeah, but it's almost always a test. And the question is, has always been why? And, um, and 
people assumed that meant the immune system it couldn't ever do anything with cancer and so what we're going to do instead is just bomb cancer we're going to cut out, cut it you know cut poison or burn right we're just it's just all like attacking it like godzilla and um and just hoping you kill the cancer before you kill the patient and that's the way we've been doing it uh for you know chemotherapy is always radiation is as old as um right as, as oh my discovery god yeah. of, and and uh chemotherapy and that's another is as thing you know warfare Right. And that's another thing. It's like, why are, why are the treatments for cancer still so primitive? You right. know, well, it's, it, because it's we, like did, big we, pharma rules it. Big pharma controls cancer. Well, and we, it's because also we, I mean, we didn't really, oh, just didn't know what else to do. And because the immune yeah. system didn't seem to be involved. It turns out that uh, the immune system and people that thought that, that, that immune cells, that like the T cells, uh, you know, the killer cells, the attack warrior cells in the body, could actually kill cancer. The, those the people that thought that, um, the researchers that thought that, uh, there were few and far between. Uh, even though this idea goes back a very long time, and in fact, 130 years ago, we had a treatment like this, um, but which was supplanted entirely by by the discovery of radiation, which seemed more scientific, even though it was killed everybody in the beginning. But uh, getting back to it, we've discovered that cancer has a secret handshake basically that it uses telling the immune your immune cells hey i'm cool i'm a normal body cell don't attack me mm. uh, it's the same secret handshake that the fetus uses the, the developing fetus uses to say hey i know i look different because i'm different but i'm not an invader so this is an evolved um, uh, safety mechanism it's built into the immune system and we now know how to block that secret handshake and when you do that it's like the cold you suddenly, the immune system sees what it's dealing with, can attack what it's dealing with, and it cures cancer. And, oh, wow. and that, and I, and I, and that's not exactly what I was told. I learned, this got bigger and bigger as I went into it later, but I heard the beginnings of this on the plane and said, that can't possibly be true. I would have heard about it. Um, is this some sort of, you know, you know, you know alternative theory or he said, no, 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 it's, it's actually, they've nailed this down. It's just, people don't realize it, but you will. Um, and I started down that road and I said, oh my God, it's, it is true. And they're discovering more and more of these mechanisms built into this. And this changes everything because uh, we, we're, we, cancer's, cancer's us mutated. It's the mutation that works. You're getting cancer all the time. I've gotten cancer 5,000 times during this conversation. Mm. And all those cancers, I hope, were, that were, were not really very good cancers. They were stupid cancers. They were cancers that were obvious. They didn't have the secret handshake or they weren't able to get the blood supply or whatever, or they were you know, cleaned out by the immune system. It's the one that, is, that happens to work out that becomes the cancer that we know as the killer. And that cancer continues to mutate. So if you don't kill every single cell by the cut, poison, and burn, it'll change and it comes back. And that's, that's remission, right? We, we, that's relapse. Right. We know that. We know this, rather. So... We were trying, so we finally have a mutating solution, the immune system, which is dances and is flexible to a non, to a, to a mutating problem. And it's the only thing that's going to work and it's changed cancer overnight. And as it happens, the book took four years. I had to learn a whole new field, oh, uh, yeah. which was really hard, really, really complicated. And then be yeah. able to explain it simply um, in a way that's correct, um, which so it's, it's made for lay readers, for patients, for anyone that's interested in science. It's a, it's sort of a, people are calling it a thriller because it's written like a thriller. Really? Um, just like, yeah. just like the good nurse. I mean, if it's written like the good nurse, it's going to be good and very easy to understand as well. It's, and it's, it, the I, I, 
I think you're, I think you'll like it because, well, people are, first of all, the head of the National Cancer Institute has called it a must read. Oh my uh, gosh. People are, it has the first scene, it has a, a guy that's a manager. He's for Kesha. He's at a Kesha concert. Kesha's uh, 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 singing. There's someone taped to a chair. There's a giant pterodactyl and someone's uh, uh, dressed as a dildo and dancing around. And he's feel, this guy feels a pain in his knee. So it starts, it's, it's not your normal cancer book, right? Oh my it gosh. ends, the last scene has Imagine Dragons in it. Dan Reynolds is in the book to fit people in the character. I mean, I'm just... That's not the point. The point is that there's a lot of magic in it. The, also, yeah. in the center of the book and so is this guy that I was talking to who plays harmonica with Willie Nelson from Texas. My and God. as the book was coming out, he won the Nobel Prize in Medicine oh for this, which That's is amazing. cancer immunotherapy. Love and that. so all this time, everyone said, it doesn't work, it doesn't work, it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We need bigger poisons, more poisons. Right. Now, Which will eventually kill you. I mean, which if the cancer is not going to kill you, the poisons will kill you. The chemo is going to kill you. The radiation right. is going to kill you. Right, right. So, so it's so it's it's changed everything. And so it's called the breakthrough um, because it is the it is the breakthrough. It, people are and it's a legitimate thing. This isn't fringe anything. It is now the front and center of all research in cancer, and in the front and center of all of all drug development of all interest. It's what it's 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 and it's changed overnight to such a degree that people don't even know about it. Um, many, including many physicians. So a lot of doctors read it, a lot of nurses. I, 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 oncology nurses are the ones that I'm hearing from a lot who say, wow. ah, this is a way to explain it because they're yeah. the ones that actually know. But it talks about the language, you know, even the secret handshake thing. That's just an easy mm -hmm. way of saying uh, there's a lot more to it. So, and a lot of patients are, are reading it and saying, ah, this, you know, because what the doctors are, are the, the, some of the MD, PhD researchers that I spoke to that, are, that were responsible for some of this that were the true believers that even in the really dark days when they were being ridiculed uh, by the rest of the cancer community, for, because for instance, uh, the emperor of all maladies, you know, that, uh -huh. that book doesn't mention this once, doesn't mention anything wow. about it because he's a chemo trained uh, oncologist, uh, doesn't even mention it because it was so. Well, yeah, he's trained to just think with blinders on and look at one way, you know, but, very different. but your book is very much broader. And, and, and he Right. He ended up being wrong. I mean, that's the thing. So this is, this is the, the, the front edge of it. It's written, uh, but uh, you know, I, I, but it's, it's, um, I've had people uh, say that it's uh, that what the doctor repeat to me, what the doctors uh, had, had said earlier, uh, which is that it's not only now about, I mean, the first choice is to, is to cure people. And for a subset of patients, when, when it works, cancer immunotherapy, it works. you just, uh, uh, immune system sees the cancer, kills the cancer, you're immune to cancer. Uh, the, and we're, that circle's getting bigger and bigger. So that's the first, that's choice A. I mean, you know, that's the, what you want to have happen. But if they can't do that, they're just trying to keep people alive long enough to see the next thing that happens because there's right. a new development every week. Triple negative breast cancer got uh, immunotherapy treatment uh, two weeks two weeks ago. Oh, wow. It's changing that fast. Um, it's literally week to week. So it's called, uh, you know, the, the breakthrough. And I, for people that don't want to read any of this and just want the bottom line, I wrote a prologue that's 10 lines long <laughs> that doesn't have a science word in it uh, that, that explains the whole thing. So anyway, that's, I, you know, check it out if you want to talk yeah, about totally it. I'm totally going to check it out. I mean, if it's a read and like they're calling it a thriller and if it's anything yeah. like you're writing in the good nurse, uh, it's going to be amazing. So. Well, you, awesome. you, 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 you tell me, I mean, it's obviously a very different topic. People, yeah. I knew that 
any two well it's very different from it's almost like you're vindicating yourself in a way you're like oh well look i wrote about so but look i'm gonna write about cancer (laughs) (laughs) well people said which are both very good i mean uh, very educational things that we need to know about Um, yeah i mean i i I, this was this was so hard uh to write about the good nurses were also very hard to to put that story in a way that you know i wanted you to have to burn through the book in a sitting to write about you know the immune system and that sound like you know you're uh, i i thought i understood the immune system i i really did i thought uh, to a some extent um and you know and i i was wrong and it's much more interesting and to find a way to explain that and also it goes back as i say 130 years and ends up being sort of like uh, uh gangs of new york meet meet the wow, nick i love it in terms yeah. of you know this is combing through the tenement slums looking for this this miracle patient that had walked out the door cured after a fever uh, oh and, and this, you know, this Fred Stein is in it, looking through the, the German immigrants trying to figure out the, you know, this one guy named William Coley, this is an adventure. I mean, it's really a, 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 an, amazing, uh, an amazing story, but it was really hard to, uh, it took me a while to be able to, uh, to get it right. So it was, yeah. but, but the, the, the thing these two books have in common, it's not about a serial killer and it's not about cancer. It's actually about someone who stopped a serial killer the biggest serial killer in American history. And now this is about the people that stopped an even bigger killer. I mean, 600,000 Americans uh, every year die of cancer. And, wow. and the people I spoke to are, are actually saying, no, we can, we can use the C word. We can say cure. Um, that's what we're talking yeah. about. And it's, it's, it's here for a subset of people. And, you know, enlarging 20 and 40% into 100% is the, is the work now. This is all brand new. So anyway, yeah. that's the that's the breakthrough. I don't mean to. You just no no. no. I, I'm really curious to read about it. I'm probably going to go buy it today. Uh, this is the thing too about the immune system. I teach about the immune system all the time to my patients uh, because I had some health issues and kind of had a very big epiphany on like why aren't we paying more attention to our immune system? We're not being good to our immune system. We're really taking it for granted. I mean, we're barraging it with vaccines. Do we really need the vaccines? I mean, and I know now don't go calling me anti-vaxxer because I am not an anti-vaxxer. I do give vaccines to my patients. I follow the laws of California and stuff. But I really think we need to take a deeper look of what's going on. Do we really need them? Do Is, we need to do more tests and, and be good to our immune system, be good to the food that we're putting into our bodies that makes it, you know, work appropriately. Well, well, right. this is the what, what's happened now. Once, once we get one fringe idea uh, uh, that turns out to be true, that the immune system can kill cancer, recognize and kill cancer, it suddenly there's a lot more willingness to look at other ideas that also have been considered fringe. And one of the, th- right. the, the one of, and one of the things that's come out of it is this realization that oh my God, it's always been the immune system. We're suddenly yes. seeing diabetes as the immune system, multiple right. sclerosis is an immune disease, um, um, certain mental illnesses that we described right. other things. Um, now we're realizing that, you know, of course, arthritis. So everything is, is related in some way to this immune health. And, and on top of that, what's being realized, this is going to sound like common sense, and also you just said it, but what's being realized is that a lot of that has to do with the, like the bugs living in your gut, right? The microflora. Right. Yeah, the microbiome and all the microflora, the good bacteria, the bad bacteria, the, you know, 
Dr. Gundry, he, he's on book tour now too. He has his bestseller on longevity. I don't know if you know him. He's mm-hmm. like a, an internet guru. His office is actually right next to my office in Palm oh, no kidding. Uh, yeah. And uh, we were, I was walking to my car with him for a long time and I was waving to him. I was like, hello, nicely dressed man. And I didn't know who he was until, and I had seen his infomercials, but I wasn't clicking mm-hmm. until one day the nurse that I work with, he's like, Hey, look, look at the infomercial. It's a doctor next door. I was like, shut <laughs> up. I've been walking to my car with him. So I ran next door. Uh, I got some nuts from him. He gives out nuts in his office. It's hilarious. Uh, but then I, you know, I picked his brain a little bit and he's like, buy my book, you know, of course, <laughs> New York Times just selling all there. Yeah. You got to buy the book. No, but, um, you know, and, and I told him, I was like, this is the issues that I was having with my, um, immune system, my gut until I really figured it out. I had to figure it out on my own. No physician would tell me. And he, you know, everything that I was thinking, he acknowledged you know, and he acknowledges it in his book. And he's like, I had the same problem too. You know, I was right, running uh, five miles a day, wasn't losing any weight. You know, uh, his diet was probably not the best for a cardiologist. Mm. So, uh, it it's very being, yeah, it's, I, I, I was, uh, there's certain things nobody ever told me. It's not their job that wherever they are to, to, to tell me things, but you know, and everything I, I, I studied and I, every, class I took and everything else. Um, one thing that I'd never heard, uh, never understood. I never understood fiber. This is going to sound really dumb, mm-hmm. but I always thought fiber was like the ultimate thing is I should just eat a roof sponge and it just go right through <laughs> me and, and right. clean me out because all fiber does is it's just like, it's just a stimulant. It's just like a, uh, it's just a cleaner. Well, I didn't like realize. Pad. Right. Just it, it, I, I realized Oh my God! No, all this—what all this stuff is, fiber and all these other complicated things—it's—it's—it's it's, it's like it's hay for the horses. It's yeah. basically you're not feeding yourself; you're feeding these guts, uh, these these bugs in your in your gut. And also, you can look at people that what they what they're so these these secret handshake blockers that I'm talking about mm-hmm. uh, that allow your immune system to do the job it's been, you know, evolved over 500 million years to do. You know, to to recognize bad guys, get rid of them. Um, if you could block that secret handshake, um, they discovered that if you change the makeup of your gut, if you do a fecal transplant, um, for instance, um, Oh yeah. The fecal transplant. I have to, you know, I'm going to have to do, thank you for the idea. I'm going to have to do a podcast on fecal transplants. Totally. But if you, but what they're finding is if, uh, if, uh, that changes whether the those check they called checkpoint inhibitors. This is hand, secret handshake blockers. Mm-hmm. Change it changes whether they work or not. Now think about how profound that is. It changes whether or not you can what cancer can uh, the immune system can see cancer. Your different poop. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, different determines whether you have cancer or not. This is so remarkably profound. If and this is not in my book because and I'm, I'm not I'm not a nurse. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a, a PhD. I'm not any of those things. But based on what I saw, if I got very very sick and couldn't figure anything else out, one of the things I'd do is I would go where people are very healthy and eat everything they ate, bugs and sticks and whatever it is. I'd eat the dirt. I would want to. Yep. I would. I would just want to change. Share their microbiome. My, share their so, and, microbiome. Very and good. and and feed it with the stuff they're feeding with. And right. I believe, uh, that's that's my new, you know, that will be my new, uh, you know, miracle cure. Well, it's, <laughs> it's very book, true. But. Like, you know, and with my patients who get sick, like I'll get kids that get really sick and then the whole family gets sick or vice versa. And they're like, I don't, we don't get it. I go, well, you're sharing your microbiome with these people. You live with them. I mean, what's in you is in the other person. I mean, mm-hmm. even from the time that you meet someone, 
uh, on a romantic level, let's say, in your coupling and you're trying to figure out if you're going to end up being a couple with this person and marrying them, you're swapping your saliva, you're swapping spit, you're sharing your microbiome, uh, you know, sexually the same thing. It's like, are you compatible? And that's a one way of seeing if you're compatible with your microbiomes, if you're going to work out or not work out. Right. And you're sort of merging them. I mean, we become little tribes just by virtue of uh, the shared meal. I mean, it suddenly changes the whole idea of the ritual of sharing food and all this, you know, uh, I just see things totally differently. It's funny because I, I think now of the immune system, like the like the butler in one of those, uh, you know, Agatha Christie style <laughs> mysteries, you know, it's been there the whole yeah. time and you're thinking, I don't know which of these people did it. You realize, ah, the butler did it. And the butler yeah. was standing there the whole time. And that turns out to be, so anyway, this is a, it's, it's so, such a fascinating thing and it's such, and, and it's what, what, um, what, what they're calling, uh, you know, the, the, what the Nobel committee, in fact, is, is calling a penicillin moment wow. in our relationship with cancer. So that's, that's, awesome. that's, that's that book. And it's, uh, you know, good news and a bad news topic, which I guess is what most medical stuff is, right? Um, you know, um, news you need to, because you know, to stay healthy or get healthy. Um, yeah, very true. But you were going to ask me. I know you were, were going to ask me about the movie. Oh, yes, <laughs> that's right. I forgot about the movie. There is a movie of the Good Nurse that you've been that's working right. on in London, correct? Uh, well, actually, oh, see, oh, that's interesting. Okay, so I two thought things. you had said it was in London for some reason. No, 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 no. You're, you're, you're right. That two things happened. So one thing was I was in London and the south of Portugal, and what I was doing is I I had uh, uh, outlined and set up the investigative team, and I'm not the director, but uh, I have a Netflix series out called The Disappearance of Madeline McCann. Oh, that's yours. That's mine. <laughs> I almost watched it yesterday. <laughs> oh my god, because it keeps popping up in my feed. Yeah, I almost watched Sorry. it. Yesterday. Oh, I'll have to that- watch it now. It's really, uh, it's, it's really scary. Oh, uh, wow. But it's, it, it, and I didn't, I didn't, I, uh, there's obviously a whole team there. I'm, a, I'm executive producer. Um, I have some leads I, I leads I would have followed and emphasized things that I would have emphasized a bit differently. And, but that's, uh, I'm not used to not being the author, you know, I'm used to. Yeah. And, and uh, but a lot doc- of journalists, uh, I've gone to several, um, documentary film festivals and stuff and picked brains and watched panels. A lot of journalists become documentary filmmakers. Yeah. So I may, I may get more involved with this. I think next time I'll, I'll sort of call the shots more. There's still a lot more to say about, about that case. And, and uh, there's wow. certain journalistic aspects that were, I would have, I wanted to do differently, but that was, and that was something I, I have to admit, I couldn't be all on that because I was writing a massively complicated yeah. book at the intersection of, of the immune system and cancer, and I couldn't do uh, both both things. So I, but that's why. So that's why I was in London, working with that. That was the production company was based there. My investigative team was based there, and then in the south of Portugal because that's where Madeleine McCann was abducted ten years ago. Wow, so four year old girl. But that was that. So that's out. That came out, and I wasn't supposed to talk about it at all until. Uh, uh, yeah, it just came out. It, like four it's days one ago, of those or new, ten days ago. Yeah, it's one of those new Netflix movies. Yeah, we we weren't allowed to say. I sold <laughs> I, I sold it to Netflix a couple of years ago. I went, was, you know, flew me to L.A. and I said, "This is a digital, digital age uh, Lindbergh baby kidnapping because it's a, it was the same. What happened is everyone turned on the parents, and and many people still are, do believe that these parents, who both happen to be physicians, 
wow. were responsible for the uh, disappearance of their child and were covering it up. And they, uh, and this was just the, when the, the internet was brand new, Twitter was new, it just came out, Facebook uh, and the iPhone. And it was really gave rise to the first trolls. So people were, you know, these online communities started trashing the, the family and saying these, you know, horrible things about the, about the, the mom and the dad, Kate and Jerry. And, and uh, but what they didn't realize is it was that era, do you remember when everything on the, anon- uh, on the internet seemed anonymous and people had, mm-hmm. you know, and people didn't realize that you could, you could figure out who, who you were. <laughs> and yeah. so then, so, you know, then the news team would go over and knock on the door and say, uh, Mrs. Johnson, well, why did you say such terrible things on the internets with, uh, uh, against this, uh, you know, mother who's missing her, her little girl? And, and Mrs. Jones would go kill herself. The oh trolls were not used to, people weren't used to it. So it, was, it gave birth to this whole troll culture, but, and then this, uh, it, and it, and, but then it also, there was the, the private detectives get involved and, and it gets very, 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 very it's, it's an eight hour series. I wrote it as 12. Oh, wow. Um, but, well, uh, but what's weird is that now I'm getting trolled like crazy by these Madeline McCann people. So really? I'm getting, yeah. So they're, they hate me now um, <laughs> because I didn't uh, uh, condemn uh, the parents enough and they're saying horrible, horrible things. I've, yeah. Cause uh, you you're know. taking the, another standpoint. People don't like that. People like group think. So you're yeah. taking a whole different other road and showing people a whole different other way. And in the beginning, people don't like that. So yeah, they're, they're very fixed in their opinion. I yeah. actually don't, don't know. Uh, I, I can't, I, I couldn't, unless I can, can I, it's, let's go back to the good nurse. I'm yes. very careful about, jur- about journalistic ethic and, uh, and not presenting something as truth unless it's absolutely nailed down, especially because if I was going to say what administ- hospital administrators did that was involved th- with murder uh, and uh, multiple mass murder, I needed to make sure that if I said it's raining and someone had brown, uh, brown eyes and black shoes, that all those things were exactly true because yeah. then someone would say, if you can't do, if we can't trust you with the small details, how can we trust them with the, the big ones like, like murder? And in fact, that's right. exactly what they did. Uh, uh, I was on WHYY radio and I got calls, uh, a, a, a call, caller on the radio who was a lawyer uh, for, a hospital, for one of the hospitals. Wow. Call, calling me a liar, pointing out inaccuracies in my book. The inaccuracy was that, well, it wasn't an inaccuracy. Charlie Cullen referred to a hospital that had moved him out of the back door after killing patients with vecuronium with vec on the night shift, uh-huh. which is a horrific way to yeah. go, uh, uh, moved him out in the middle of a shift in the middle of the night. Um, and, and, and Cullen being Cullen, the way he thinks about it, he would just shake his head and say, and at a Catholic hospital of all places, he was really tut, tut, tut on this hospital because that's, you know, it's never his fault. And he's a, right. a lapsed Catholic. Um, that's the way he thinks about it. The lawyer wanted, the, from the hospital wanted me to know I uh, wanted the listeners to know that I was a bad journalist because it was not St. Luke's Hospital is not, in fact, a Catholic hospital. It has a star of Bethlehem as an apostrophe, but it's not a Catholic hospital. And I didn't say it was. Charlie Cullen yeah. did. And that doesn't, he didn't say anything about the murder part. I'll tell you that. Um, so going back to that, I wanted to be careful. Yeah, because the, all they care about is their reputation and their PR and their brand. They, Right. Because you were you were tarnishing their branding. Trust me, right. I worked for a big pharma. All they cared about is their branding. They change their branding all the time. That's oh, all yeah. they care about. Don't don't ruin the brand. Don't ruin the brand. It's the brand. It's the brand. They don't care right. about the people. 
Right. Absolutely not. Well, see, and that's, that's why it's a, it, the Netflix thing is a, another, another story, but I, my job was not always the job of a larger production because I really wanted to make sure that the journal, it, it was, it's, it has journalistic integrity, but um, you know, I, this isn't necessarily a happy story. It's, it doesn't go down everywhere. So I was, I really wanted to make sure that I could only say, unless I found Madeline McCann and I, was, uh, and, you know, and, and she, and she said her parents, had taken her away and locked her up. Unless I could absolutely be sure of that, I wasn't going to yeah. suggest that uh, that I had. And so people were very upset with that lack of certainty, uh, but which actually is journalistic integrity, um, I think. But getting back to the fun, more fun stuff. Yes. Uh, so the movie the, that you're so working the, on. Yeah. So tell the, us about it's, that. It's it's uh, set to start filming. Um, Believe it or not, the writer of the book is often the last to know anything. But what I know I is, uh, it's got uh, Jessica Chastain signed on as Amy, and Eddie Renmain as Charles Cullen, uh, and it should be filming uh, I think by the end of the year. Oh wow! Um, Congratulations! So, um, and and, I th- and it's uh, in it's in very good hands. Darren Aronofsky uh, uh, licensed it. Uh, the book uh, a few years ago to develop it with the wonderful uh, uh, screenwriter named Christy Cairns Wilson um, and uh, working with them to make sure that again, um, the, the people didn't get lost in this. The point didn't yeah. get lost. This isn't the story of one creepy, creepy person. This is the story of, uh, and I think this will really blow it open because people will see this as a systemic yeah. issue and uh, and hold the, the administration uh, responsible. So that, that, you know, even more than, I think that and the book together should, should uh, we may actually get a grand jury. Um, the detectives are very excited. They also oh, want, fun. they also want cameos. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm always available if you okay. need. Okay. <laughs> hey, you know, real, you real, 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 I think real nurses should be in yeah, this. Yeah, and they're, they're doing that here in Hollywood. I've seen a few casting calls where they were calling out, <coughs> excuse me, real nurses, real techs, and, and stuff like that so which i think really? is great yes yes i had a, a friend make a movie called the shift it's on amazon prime and he's okay. a nurse and he taught the staff i mean he's taught his actors how to be nurses which is really interesting he also has an angel of destinario in that too it's really this is weird so it's such a weird like chain of events here but yeah um <clears throat> i'm not going to give away his movie but it's very interesting what happens uh, mm. And it's very well written because it just kind of follows um, this story and what happens in the end is, is interesting. So, uh, yeah. But congratulations on the movie and all these great things. It's super awesome. Thank you for talking to me today. Uh, oh, no, this is great. I, this I, is so I, much I so fun. appreciate it. Yeah, it, what, yeah, yeah. What, I loved it. Well, you, so. you have such insight on, uh, the, the, on, on the book. I mean, it's, I, I learned some, I learned a lot talking to you about, first of all, you've seen things I haven't obviously, but like you're the fact that you've also have firsthand experience with uh, serial killer, uh, angel of death, serial killers. Yeah. That was weird. A little strange. Um, that's, <laughs> I still uh, can't. I, I, even myself, I'm like, did that really happen? Was I really working there? You know, um, years later I ended up working for this pharmaceutical company and I had to go back to that hospital. Uh, and that hospital was in dire straits, but they've done a lot of rebranding. Uh, they've come out uh, really great. And, and I could see the changes. Um, and it mm. is a really great system. Like I would personally go there and be a patient uh, at this time because of what I saw. 
uh, and, it, and it made a 360 degree turn of what it was before and what it is now uh, and, and, and stuff. So things can change, you know, yes. but unfortunately we don't want it to go to where people are killing people to make that change happen, you no. know, um, and, and stuff. So, and I think your book shows that as well. Well, hopefully, you know, I might, my great hope for, uh, these are both, the two books uh, are, are both mission books. The, the, the breakthrough as a mission is to empower patients uh, among other things. It's, you know, it's, a, it's supposed to be a, a great read and, and documentary documenting in a really critical moment where everything changes and you, you'll want to know about it. Cause it's, it's just, we just discovered, you know, a, a new, you know, a, that we, a new, I don't know. We discovered how to cure cancer. Basically, right. we, it's like we've been missing our car keys, and they could be anywhere in the world. And we've just learned that they're in this one room. That's this is where the cure is, and that's uh, that's important. But it's also empowers patients, as we we're talking about earlier. Uh, people read this, and I'm getting letters about this all the time, and they feel like they're allowed to ask questions of their doctors. I make clear that doctors are not all up on this. Not every oncologist knows no, they're what's not. going on. No, they're not. It's, and, and that you should feel empowered to ask questions and, and yes. get better answers. And every story in there, the people in there, they just happen to hear, because these are a lot of patient stories, just happen to hear yeah. this. From, so, and there's no, it's just dumb luck. So it's got sort of a magic to it. The yeah, mission awesome. of the good nurse uh, is is similar. It's it's I it, one partially it's empowerment. The nurses that mm -hmm. read it, and you tell me if you this has been your experience, but um, they often say, "I feel better about speaking up now." And I'm and I'm saying to people I that always were, speak up. I don't care what happens to me. I mean, well, me, I'm, <laughs> I'm different. I'm different because I know that if I jump and something happens to me and I'll be unemployed, I will get a job. I mean, I I have, but I am different. I am a writer. I have different tools that I can. Yeah to make employment happen for me. You're uh, a great I, example. I, I'm, yeah. So, and, th and this is what I'm teaching. I am um, launching some writing classes as well. So I think this is great. I love having these podcasts about with New York Times bestselling writers uh, about, you know, how they write and right. where their ideas come from. Because I, I think it'll help my students and, uh, you know, nurses who do want to write, nurses who maybe got hurt doing something or are burnt right. out, don't want to be in the system anymore want to take a break, don't know how to um, subsidize their income, writing is a great way to do it. It's not going to, you know, make you rich right away. No, let's, let, let's emphasize that. It's, it's not a really good way to, it's not it's a great not way a to get make rich a living. Quick. It's not a get rich quick <laughs> thing. You have to be very, very passionate about it as you are, you know, because yeah. we've seen your path it's, and it's, it's great. Now you're making Netflix movies. Which, well, I, <laughs> you know. I mean, I was, that was, that was basically, but I, I just, uh, uh, I just didn't sleep. So during the really yeah, intense periods, sleep. it's very true. You don't sleep. The last, uh, so the, uh, right now I'm speaking to you from an office that I had to rent because I couldn't, uh, I, I couldn't live with all the piles and piles of stuff, and I couldn't leave my, I couldn't leave my work. I needed to live in my work, and I essentially just didn't I wore the same thing every day yep. for, in, in the end, it was about eight months, of, if I was awake. I was on my way to, I was either feeding myself to get to work or walking to work. That was the only walking I would do during the day uh, or, or I was working. I would come yeah, back. It was the, the most unhealthy, incredible thing, right? But yeah. you, sometimes you wake up with a rocky theme in my head sort of going, okay, it's not, you know, because you just have to have be absolutely single-minded, which is so, so hard. But I'd like to hear if you want to, it's probably also a great, a great plug for your, uh, for your the writing classes, but tell me about, 
about uh, your your writing classes now and how how you're how you're helping people uh, realize their writing ambitions. Well, my writing classes, I started to launch them a few years ago. So my background, this is my background, uh, is in education. I've taught at four universities. Um, in, I started writing in 2008. I took boutique writing courses at a place mm. called The Writing Pad here in Los Angeles. I didn't want to go take classes at a university and sit at a desk and be bored. Mm. I wanted something funky. I wanted there to be food. I wanted it to be in a very eclectic area. And I found that at the writing pad, who this woman, Marilyn Friedman, uh, was teaching out of her loft in downtown Los Angeles in the trucker area, which is now the arts district. And back then it was still trucker, very raw. All the artists were there creating art. It was just an awesome, awesome time to be writing there. Uh, and so you know, she had a chef cooking for us, which was amazing. And we sat around couches with a fireplace and we'd have playwrights. Uh, I, I mean, Aaron. Sounds and, great. Yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing, amazing. And I was there at the beginning, which the classes were cheap. Uh, she's very, <laughs> she's expanded quite a bit. She has like yeah. three locations now over the years. Uh, but I went on writing retreats and we had amazing people. We had authors come and teach us. We had playwrights. We had screenwriters, uh, famous people coming and teaching us. And we're, I was just like, hello. You know, uh, one of my friends who published two books, uh, she was the producer of The Housewives of Beverly Hills, uh, right. executive producer for a while. Yeah, and she got two books published. I mean, a lot of us did create, did produce quite a bit when we were there. Uh, and my Nurses and Hypochondriacs started as a storytelling show. Mm. Uh, and <laughs> actually, one person show called The Nurse and the Hypochondriacs. I was dating a lot of hypochondriacs. <laughs> put it out as a storytelling show, uh, other people coming and telling their stories and they needed a platform. This is the whole reason. Some nurses were very hesitant to come on. They were afraid to be fired. Uh, patients right. were the ones that wanted the platform to tell their stories of, you know, what happened to them. They were very knowledgeable about their healthcare, uh, which I found fascinating. Mm -hmm. So um, from that, we did 13 shows uh, and I was like, Hey, you know what? I think I need to start teaching people how to write because uh, they don't know how to write. You know, these nurses that would come on, I don't know how to tell my story. So I would just coach them in telling their story mm. uh, and being up on stage. So I developed a program and I even sent it to the Board of Registered Nursing and got it approved for continuing education units. And mm. what the woman had told me was like, please, please, please teach nurses how to publish because there are not enough uh, healthcare providers who understand how to publish or, um, you know, that what they have to tell, their stories are meaningful and can teach other people. So, yeah, so I started teaching the classes um, at my friend's house. My friend has a very eclectic, uh, large home with lots of funky art all over the place and a pool, and it was very relaxing. So uh, I had, in my first class, I think I had about five people, and we just sat around. There was food, uh, everything that they needed, and we just did, um, you know, writing uh, which you, I, I can't, I can't even think of the word. Anyway, we, I gave them writing scenarios and they would write. Oh, right. Uh, and at the end, a I had them do a per yeah, exercises. I had them do a performance at the end, uh, which was awesome with their story. So at the end of the class in six hours, they were able to compose a story, which is hard. Okay. If you've never written, I, I mean, a, a few of the people that did come to my class had some type of writing experience, like either they were already writing themselves. One had self-published a book. 
uh, and stuff like that. So, but even for them, I go, you know, this is a hard class. I get it. It's, it's like a six hours, like bam, but you're going to get it. And they got, then everybody came out with a story and they all did amazing, you know? Cool. So, <laughs> so that's it. And now I'm ready to launch them online. So I'm trying to find the time to put everything together. And um, Zoom finally has a better platform. So they've been developing their platform mm. for stuff like that for webinars. So now I'm ready to um, throw it out there. And once we start getting popular, we'd love to have like retreats. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I have another residence in Palm Springs, California, which is a great place to have a retreat. It's very relaxing and open. And I eventually would love to invite published authors like yourself to come down and teach, you know, and of course. You so, have, sounds great. Yeah, yeah. In, yeah. In, uh, we had Mary Roach on too, like, um, oh, sure. she's cool. you know, she's super cool. She's super nice and stuff like that. So just, yeah. And to have that experience of healthcare providers getting taught how to write by these published authors. I, I think it, it, to me, it was, I, it was one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. Like mm -hmm. I could not get this experience going to a classroom ever, yeah. you know, maybe yeah. it's one teacher writing, but it was just, this was just awesome. It was just out there in the world. You yeah. know, like I said, people who were in our classes were actors. We're already, you know, writers. We're already doing stuff in Hollywood and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it was great to mix with them. So. And how, how are you finding, uh, I, don't, I don't mean to take you oh, off no the worries. top. Like no worries, no worries. Uh, and how are, you, how are you connecting now with your, uh, with your, with your audience, your community, uh, your online community and so forth? What, what are the platforms for your writing and, and how do you find? I do LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a great one. Uh, it's, it's really huge and you'll get like all the professional people on there. And that's how I got a lot of people to join my class. That's how I got the nurses and stuff. I do have an email list that I've compiled. I am also on Facebook. I have a Facebook, um, page. I am on Instagram. The Instagrams are slow. You know, it's, it's hard cause you really have to keep it up. And there's so many of these, um, people on their influencers who are not, they're just in it about themselves. Well, we'll just, it's a popularity contest. So you're not really learning anything from them. Yeah. I, uh, it, it's just kind of, you know, it, it's an ego thing. Mm. So I'm more about really teaching people and really um, putting people on a platform and, and showcasing like, hey, look at this person and stuff like that. So right, right. Uh, yeah. And, and so my next step too is um, I, I have tried to go out to hospitals and stuff uh, because I offer continuing education units. I think um, I'm going to have to look at that model again now moving forward uh, and, and seeing what we could do. And mm. so I'm putting my board together as well. Um, and we have different various projects and ideas. I mean, one of my, my, one of my ideas is um, a, um, I'm just going to stop recording, but all right. So I want to thank you so much, Charles Graber. See, I got your name right. You're perfect. <laughs> no, thank you for having me. This is really, yeah. First of all, thank you for not calling me the serial killer. Oh uh, my gosh. But, um, but no, th this has been a, it's, it's a great conversation. You've got to, you put on a really special show here. And great. Thank uh, you so much. And you take on some tough topics. So thanks for doing that. Yeah. And thanks for coming on and um, get the good nurse. Okay, and your new book, the breakthrough. The breakthrough. It's the subtitle is it's the, it's called the breakthrough, uh, cancer immuno no immunotherapy and the race to cure cancer. And as it happens, it was the people in it won the won the Nobel Prize just as it came out. It's just it's, it's all just come out, so uh, uh, it's available available now everywhere. The breakthrough.
and the Madeline McCain special. Oh on yeah, Netflix. yeah. Madeline McCain, uh, disappearance of Madeline McCain is now on on uh, Netflix, and we will Netflix. we will see how how that goes. Yeah, the yeah, uh, watch it. Very, very different different things. So yeah, between those three things, that look that should occupy your spring. <laughs> yeah, and maybe we'll have you back on again for when the film comes up. Uh, sure, anytime. On. Awesome, <laughs> great. Thank you so much. Anything else you want to add before we go? Uh, no, that that uh, I I I I love to hear from people. So if you ever want to uh, be in touch about, you know, first of all, in terms follow of, him on Twitter. You do the Good Nurse on Twitter, so you do respond. Which yeah, is I do. Yeah, the Good Nurse BK, which is the book, Good Nurse book, uh, and I'm also Charles, and I'm also Charles Graber uh, at Twitter. And yeah, I'm, I uh, I like I like whistleblowers, and I also am very happy to hear about anybody. I'm hearing from a lot of people. Uh, uh, that identify with and have, have changed their cancer regimen or how to change things for pa patients because of the yeah. breakthrough. And so I'm always happy to hear from anyone. So uh, whistleblowers and survivors and anybody else that wants to be in touch, but um, uh, just be patient. As you, as you know, firsthand, it takes maybe a little bit of time for me to get back to you and, and finally arrange something. Yeah, so thanks no, for putting no. this together. Patience, <laughs> it, it was all worth it. And in good timing too, because all your projects are kind of coming together right now, which I think is awesome. Yeah, they're, yeah. All, they're all right now. And, and you caught me, as you said, in the middle of book tour and yeah. off to San Francisco and New Zealand and oh, wow. uh, all around the world. So cool. Um, thanks. All right. Thank me. you, you so much, Charles. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Nurses and Hypochondriacs. We would so appreciate you giving us a five-star rating. And don't forget to download the Nurse Backpack app. It's free. It's easy to use. It's great credential management. It's secure. It's safe. It gives you expiration date reminders, puts together a resume package for you, and you get the ability to send documents and your resume to anyone. Go ahead, download the app today. The link is at the end of the podcast notes. Also follow us at Nurses and Hypochondriacs on Facebook, Nurses and Hypocon on Twitter, and on Instagram, we're under Rogue Nurse Media. Till next time. <laughs>